Okay, so Parshas Mishpatim. <clears throat> so Parshas Mishpatim is the first parsha after uh, the Sarsadibrais. And uh, it's really the first mitzvah that Hashem is giving Klai so after the Nesinah Satayra. And the very first mitzvah that Hashem gives Klai so after the Torah was given is the, the mitzvah of Shiluach Avadim, of sending free the, uh, the Jewish slaves. So you have an Evadivri. And uh, so how long does he work for? Six years. Six. And seventh year, that's it, he goes free, right? No 20-year uh, retirement plan, no 20, six years, that's it. He works six years, then he gets a full pension, right? He gets a, a retirement package, he goes free. It's very interesting, the very first mitzvah that Hashem gives Klal Yisrael after the Aseris HaDibrois is to free a slave. I mean, that's a, quite odd that that should be the very first mitzvah. You would think, you know, oh, now that you heard on Harsina, there's one God, you know, put on tefillin, wrap it around your arm, or keep Shabbos. The very first mitzvah, that's the first thing that comes to Hashem's mind. Oh, the first thing you need to know is, if you have a guy who, you know, has uh, got caught up in some kind of financial problem, he sold himself as a slave, let him go after six years. Eh, that's the first thing Hashem thinks of. So Ramban is bothered by this question. And the Ramban tries to answer it. The Ramban tries to say the following. The Ramban says, Perk Chafalev Pasuk Beis, Kisikne Ever Ivri, Hischel Hamishbad Harishon Be'ever Ivri. God begins the, that the first command should be the Jewish slave. Mibnei Sheyesh B'Shiluach Ha'Ever B'Shana Hashviyas Zeicher L'Yitzias Mitzrayim. Because by freeing a slave in the seventh year, it is a commemoration of leaving Egypt. Why? Because the same way Hashem says, let your slave go free, just like I freed you from Mitzrayim. And then the Ramban goes on to say, that the same way the world was created in six days and God rested on the seventh day, so too you, gotta, you have to allow your Eva to work for six years, and you free him in the seventh year. In other words, somehow freeing a slave is a commemoration of the creation of the world. So the concept of freeing a slave is intertwined both with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and with Masa Bereshis, and therefore this is the very first command that Hashem gives when, uh, right after He gives the Torah. But still, I think, you know, we need to investigate. There must be some kind of more significant reason that the very first... I mean, this is the first mitzvah? I mean, anybody here ever free a slave? Yeah, such an important mitzvah, right? We don't, we don't even know anyone who even had a slave, right? And even if you know someone who had a slave, you know anyone who's ever in the mitzvah of letting the slave? The answer is no. Why? Why don't we free slaves anymore? First of all, it's illegal to have a slave, right? Abraham Lincoln, remember him? But besides that, even if you lived in a different country, right? The mitzvah of freeing a slave only applies when Yoivel applies. Yoivel doesn't apply anymore. Why not? Because Kala Yisrael uh, doesn't live in Eretz Yisrael. You need uh, most Jews to live in the land of it. So Bechlal, the mitzvah of freeing slaves, was not Noigea even in the majority of our history. And we could add, it certainly wasn't Noigea when Hashem told them about the mitzvah on Har Sinai, right? At the time Hashem is telling them, free your slaves, that mitzvah doesn't apply yet. Because they're not even in the land of Israel. So Hashem says, oh, what's the most important thing you need to know? Free your slaves. They didn't have any slaves, right? The Jews in the Midbar had no slaves. Even if they had slaves, they wouldn't have to free them yet because there's no Yovel. So why is this the first mitzvah that Hashem commands the Jewish people, right? It's a good question, no? no? Very good question. You mask him? Okay. Okay. Now the Gemara in Kedushin. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, 
a jewel, right? Taisus is like a jewel. We take the guy, we take the slave, we put him with his ear against the doorpost. Why the ear? I mean, right? Nowadays, especially, the ear is not the only thing people pierce, right? Nowadays, you could pierce anything. Yes. Right? So why, why do we pierce the guy's ear? Why don't we pierce his nose? I mean, right? You could pierce anything. You just go around, look, take a look, you know? So why the ear? Baruch Hu. Right? It's not a joke. I got a Shaila. From uh, right, a lady going to the mikvah. You can't imagine what, what kind of shilas they have. You know? Oh my gosh. And they, people pierce and can't even take it out. So now what? So I managed to know what to do. I asked them, um, big g'day lehadar. They never heard of this before. I would like to hear how you asked the <laughs> I'll tell you after. So why do we dafka pierce the ear? Why do we dafka pierce the ear? Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Koyli Al Harsinai. Your ear that heard my voice on Harsinai. Bishashamarti, when I said, Kili b'nei Yisrael avadim, that I, right, the Jewish people are my slaves. V'loi avadim avadim, you're my slaves. You're not a slave to some other master. The halach zen, this guy goes, V'kana adin la'atzmai, and he acquires a master for himself. In other words, Hashem on Harsinai said, Rabbi you're my slaves. And this guy obviously wasn't listening because he went and he became a slave to someone else. Right? So, oh, you weren't listening? So, Yertza, right? So, therefore, we say, um, Yertza, we have to pierce his ear. But he said he had also to keep Shabbat. Uh, so, if someone is asking, yeah, and a guy who's Mechal Shabbos, why don't we pierce his ear? Why? Because he heard on our Sinai, or a guy who wears Shatnas, why don't we pierce his ear? Because the Torah says, like Silva Shatnas. Or a guy who speaks Lashon Hara, we should pierce his ear. Because the Torah says, like Silak Rachel Be'amecha. Or a guy who speaks Sheker, we should pierce his ear. Or a guy who speaks Rechilas, we should pierce his ear. Or a guy who eats Treif, we should pierce his ear. Or a guy who eats Dam, we should pierce his ear. Any, you know, there's 613 mitzvahs. Oh, why do we pierce his ear? Because his ear heard on Har Sinai, Kilibane His ear heard a lot of things on Har Sinai. But we don't pierce the ear of someone who violated any other mitzvah in the Torah. So why are we, why are we chepping on this guy because he violated Kilib and Yisrael Avodim? Yeah? But it's a bamba. It's a bam kasha. Right? Why do we Kilib and Yisrael Avodim? This guy, we pierce his ear because he heard on Har Sinai Kilib and Avodim. He heard a lot of, he heard thousands of things. And yet, of all the violations a person could have, this is the one thing we say, oh, you weren't listening. Anytime you do an Aver, you obviously weren't listening to something on Harsinai. Okay. It's Kasha the Marsha. Marsha is a Kasha. Baruch Shekivanta. The Marsha says, Masech the Kedushin, look, he says, Kasha, Ahad Kamar Oizen Shashama, yeah? Lama Lai Nemar Kain, Gam in Mitzvah Sacherushin Amar Basinai. Why don't we say the same thing for other Mitzvahs that were said on Harsinai? Okay. Yeah? I have a question now, one of my favorite all time questions. You ready? The Gemara continues in Masech the Kedushin. Listen to this. Ready? Listen carefully. Listen to this. You have your fingers on my Ma nishtana delas u'mezuzah mikol kelem shababayis. Now the question is, why do we take his ear and put it by the doorpost? Why don't we put it by the kitchen table? Why don't we, we should put it, you know, by the computer. You know, you're spending too much time on the net. We should pierce his ear, you know. Why don't we pierce his ear on, on, in the backyard, by the garage, by the basketball hoop. Why do we pierce his ear by the, by the door? Amar. What? Everybody should see. Yeah. No, because on the door, so you want to do the Ah. 
Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem says, you know why the doorpost and the door? The door and the doorpost, who were witnesses in Mitzrayim. At the time they jumped over the lintel, right? Yeah. I said, And they're not slaves of slaves. And I took them out of servitude. And this guy goes, he acquires a master for himself. So he pierced his ears in front of the door. In other words, listen to what the Gemara is saying. Why the door? The answer is the door and the doorpost were witnesses in Mitzrayim when God jumped over the Jewish doors. What did God say when He jumped over the Jewish doors? So what does the Gemara say? At the time that God jumped over the Jewish doors, what did He say? He said, And this guy goes and he becomes an evid to someone else. So the door and the doorpost says, Yeah, you missed it. When God said, when He jumped over the Jewish doors, So... So you ready for my kasha? So, well, but we're saying now it's because I'll see mine. One second. First of the Gemara just said, very good, two seconds ago, yeah. that Hashem did not say, when He jumped over the doors. When did He say, on Har Sinai. In fact, what does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says, where is the Pasuk, where is that Pasuk? Look, look at number five. In Parshish Bahar, Kili B'nai Yisrael Avadim. That Hashem, when He gave us the Torah, He said, Ki So what's the Gemara? The Gemara is making up now. Chas Hashem. But the Gemara is saying, Ah, oh, when Hashem jumped over the Jewish doors, He said, Ki Yisrael Avadim. No, He didn't. It's a Pasuk on Parshas Bahar. Well, look, you could look through Bai, right? Look through Parshas Bai. When Hashem jumped over the Jewish doors, does it say anywhere over there that Hashem said, Oh, by the way, I'm jumping over your doors, Ki Yisrael Avadim. It doesn't say that. It's not, there's no Medrash. There's no... It's a Pasuk in Bahar. So what's the Gemara saying? Ah, oh, the door and the doorpost heard when Hashem jumped over the doors. Hashem never said it then. Where did the Gemara get it from? How does the Gemara know Hashem said that? The Amoram were there, they heard it. Well, they have some kind of Messiah, Hashem said that. I mean, we don't find that. Where is the source that Hashem said when He jumped over? We know on Harsinai, the Pasuk says... Fine, so I have no problem. You want to pierce his ear, because his ear heard on Harsinai, fine. But what are you bothering with the doorpost? The doorpost heard Hashem say those words in Mitzrayim. Hashem never said those words in Mitzrayim. Never happened. Didn't happen. Okay. Then we have another problem. And also, it's not Yitzhak Mitzrayim and the Mezuzah. It's not mentioned. The mezuzah, no mention in the Yad Mitzrayim. Yeah, the, the mezuzah. It's only two parts here. Yeah, but That's you have... Right, right, right. So it's not actually... I mean, what do you want from the mezuzah? What, 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 yeah. is, what are you bothering with the mezuzah? Fine. There's uh, in the Sefer Yirmiyahu. Sefer Yirmiyahu tells us some information that about when God took us out of Mitzrayim that we were unaware of from beforehand. And that is the Navi tells us that on the day that God took us out of Egypt... He made a bris with Klaiso. He made a covenant with Klaiso. He made a treaty, right? An accord, right? He, he went to... God sat down at the tables with the Klaiso, and He said, let's make a treaty. And God said, you know what? Mitzvah is fine. But the main thing is, free your slaves. Now again, this is not talking about when He gave us the Torah. This is talking about the day He took us out of Mitzrayim. 
God sat down, so to speak, at the negotiating tables with Kal Yisrael. He made the, the, the Azal Accords and he said, I want you to know that I'm only taking you out if you free your slaves. I mean, that's what Hashem picked on, that we have to free slaves. I mean, that's what he's thinking of. When he's taking us out of Mitzrayim, he makes a deal with us. By the way, I'm taking you out, but you better feel... To, he said, doesn't say a word about Shabbos. Doesn't say a word about Brismila. Doesn't say a word about don't serve Avay Zara. Any mitzvah that anybody, any Jew ever heard of, Hashem doesn't mention. Right? Stop a Jew. Stop a secular Jew on the, on the street. He never heard of freeing slaves. Right? So the, for the Bechlal, it's, it's hardly Nagea. It was Nagea for a very, very small part of any mitzvah in the Torah, it's probably Nagea, the least amount of time than any other mitzvah in the Torah. Because besides needing the Beis HaMikdah, you need Yoivel to apply. Yoivel didn't even apply, according to all opinions, uh, even when the Beis HaMikdash was standing. So the one mitzvah God says, I'm taking you out on condition you fulfill, is the one mitzvah that's barely relevant. That's the Ikka. That's the Ikka of free slaves. I mean, it's very strange. Very strange. Look, the Navi Yermia says, the word of God came to Yermio from Hashem saying, So says Hashem, I made a covenant with your forefathers on the day I took them out of Egypt. Now it's very interesting. This is news to us, right? If you read the Chumash, you don't find anywhere in Chumash explicitly where God made a treaty with Kal Yisrael on the day He took us out of Mitzrayim. That's why you have to know, Torah is what we call Aniyim b'makam echad ve'ashiv ashirim b'makam echad, right? Today, ayom, ayom. This time, this no. time. No, look, Hashem is saying, I biyoyim hoit, on the day I took them out, we're going to see, the day I took them out, He made a covenant. And what's the covenant? On the end of seven years, every, every man should send forth his Jewish slave. That sold to you and works for six years. Let him go free. Says God, they didn't listen to me. They didn't, they didn't pay attention. And you know what they did? But I want you to know, Hashem says, but you guys were better than your forefathers. You did tshuva. You returned. You did what was straight in my eyes. To proclaim freedom, one man to his friend. And you sealed the covenant. Ah, then the Navi says, but you went back and you took back your slaves. And therefore Hashem says, you know what? Because you didn't free your slaves, I'm going to free something else. Look in Pasuk Yedzayim. Lachim koyamar Hashem. Atem shematem you didn't listen to me. Likroi derar ishla achiv, to proclaim freedom. Hinini kayre lachem derar, I will proclaim freedom. El acherif, to the sword, vela dever, to pestilence, vela ram, to hunger. In other words, God said, because you didn't free your slaves, I will make free every catastrophe in the world, every disaster that will happen to you in the Golos. Is why? Because you don't free slaves. I mean, this is getting a little bit extreme, no? Now, the day that God takes us out of Mitzrayim, He makes a deal that He's only taking us out if we free our slaves. And then He says, you guys didn't listen, but then you listened, but then when you didn't listen, that's why you're going into Golos. In other words, what we're learning is, why did Klai Yisrael go into Golos for 2,000 years? Because we didn't free slaves. I mean, you know, we're getting a little carried away with the slave business. I mean, most people never heard of this mitzvah. It's barely relevant. And... The one thing Hashem chooses to, to make a covenant about the day He's taking His out of time is free your slaves. And Hashem says, you were good for up to a certain point, but once you were relaxed in this mitzvah, Galas.
Right? With all the different Gemaras for Galas, Sinas Chinam, Bittal Taira, Shlobercha, you know what the Navi says the reason for Galas is? You didn't let your servants go free. That's pretty, a pretty strong statement. And Rav Chaim Shalavitz wants to know first look at number seven. Rav Chaim Shalavitz points out that this whole thing that we're mentioning is not just in the Navi, it's really in the Chumash. We're in the Chumash, in, uh, in the beginning of Sefer Shemais. Look at number 7. Vayidaber Hashem el Moshe v'al Aaron. God spoke to Moshe and Aaron. Vayitzavim el Bnei Yisrael. And he commanded Moshe and Aaron about the Bnei Yisrael. What did he command them about the Bnei Yisrael? Says the Yushami, Shiluach Avadim. So this is the hint to this idea that we're saying that on the day that God took us out of Mitzrayim, He made a covenant with the Jewish people, you have to free your slaves. Very interesting. Not only that, look in the third paragraph over here. Oidam Rabbi Yishalmi. This is in the Sichos Moser of Rabbi Chaim Shmulevitz. Tav Shin Lamed Aleph, right? 1971. Maimar Dalet. He says, The only reason why Kaiso was punished throughout the Gullus is because they didn't free slaves. And then he says, right? With all the different things that you read in Gemaras and Midrashim and Chazal. The one thing the Navi says, can you imagine, right? You know, if you ask, uh, ask uh, somebody, big time, you ask a time, why did Kaiso go into Gullus? Right? Oh, the Gemara says, Sinas Chinam. The Gemara says they didn't make berachas atayra, right? right? Everything, every chazal, every divrei kabbalah. Yeah, but what does the Torah say? What does the, the Tanakh say? They didn't free their slaves. Right? It's a very interesting idea. Very mysterious, you know. You didn't free them. You're telling me because I kept, I kept my my male cleaning cleaning guy, my because I kept on staff. You know, the guy who cleaned my house was a Jew. That's why I went to Gullus. <laughs> okay, very interesting Tosfos. Ready? Tosfos says in Masechta Kedushin, what do we use to make a hole in his ear? Oh. A nail, a pen, pencil, a lead pencil, right? Marzea. The word Marzea, Mem is 40, Reish is 200, Tzadi is 90, Ayin is 70, a total of 400. Because Kla Yisrael were Avadim in Mitzrayim for how long? 400 years. And Hashem took them out. And this guy became a slave. Therefore, what? We take the Marzea, which is numerical value 400, we stick it into his ear. Okay, what is that supposed to mean? Comes along the Shla Kadosh. Unbelievable Shla. He says, Why did God send the Jewish people to Mitzrayim? Right? We're in Mitzrayim 400 years. For what purpose? Now how bad it was in Mitzrayim? We started off on a very high level, and then we sunk. The first level of Tumah, second level of Tumah, third level of Tumah, tenth level of Tumah, up to the 49th level of Tumah, to the point that, right, the Mekubalim say, the Ramam says it differently, that if we would have been in Mitzrayim for one more moment, we would have fallen to the point of no return. We would have fallen to the 50th level of Tumah, from which you can't escape. Right? The Ramam says it more, you know, in a rational way. He says, kemad if they would have been there a little bit more, so then the planting of Amuna that Avram Avinu planted in Klal Yisrael would have dissipated. That's what it means. We would have lost all connection to the Avais. So what do we go down there for? Says the Shla, listen to this, it was worth it. Because in Mitzrayim, we acquired 
the most important skill to be a good Jew. You have to learn how to be an Eved. You have to learn how to be an Eved. You have to know how to listen to a master. Aye, but we became like Shkatsim and we started to serve Avodah Zarah and, and right, we, we fell to the 49th level of Tumah. We became We became lower than the lowest. Doesn't matter. We learned how to be a slave. Being a slave means whatever the master says, we do. No matter what. Whether we understand it, we don't understand it. When something happens to us, we accept it no matter what. That is the introduction. That's the Hakdama to Kabbalah Satara. I, we, didn't have, we were not observant at all. We didn't have any mitzvahs. We were Eira in the area, right? We were naked and bare. The, the Navi Cheskel says we had no mitzvahs. It doesn't matter. Because if a person does mitzvahs, but he does those mitzvahs that he understands or that make sense to him or that are convenient for him, he's not serving his master, he's serving himself. Because he does that which is convenient for him. So the skill that we learned in Mitzrayim is be a good Evid. So when the, when the Egyptian, with his straps, you know, around the leg, with those sandals, when he smacks him and he, and he says, build the pyramid, and the guy says, I don't want to, I'm tired. And he gives another smack, and then he get out of bed. So you learn how. So now, when the alarm goes off, and you have to get up for shachris, and you're tired, you get up no matter what. And when, when the matzah costs a lot of money, and you're not really in the mood of buying a hidr matzah, you buy it no matter what. And when the Shmir Shabbos is costing you parnasa, and you know, oh, I, maybe I could cut corners a little bit. No, I keep the laws of the Torah no matter what. That's the Hakdama to Matan Torah. The, the, way, the only way to be a good Jew is you have to be an Eved. That's what the Shlach Kader says. Oh, and the, the Shlach adds, listen to this. Let's read, uh, I'll tell you, we'll read it outside. That's why as an introduction to Kabbalah Satara, it says, Anoichi Hashem I'm your God. Remember the 400 years of training? The training in Mitzrayim was like this. To transition you from being Avdei Paroi to Avdei Hashem. It was a transition period. It was like, you know, school. It was, it, it was like uh, army training. What? Yavduni. Right. It was servants. You had to learn, you have to learn the Avod. Love. But the Mishnah said, "Al tiyeka vadim am shemshim et arav." Let them go that they should. So, EIT. What? The Mishnah in Avos said, "Al tiyeka vadim am shemshim et arav." I'm a nas l'kabel pras. But you should be like an eved. Hamasham zarav shalom nas. But you should still be like an eved. You should still be like the purpose of Mitzrayim is to be an eved. That's why. Listen to what the Shlosh says. Listen to what the Shlosh says. Avraham Avinu says, "Lu yechia, lu yishmari." Excuse me. Avram, uh, Hashem says to Avram Avinu, Ki lo This guy, Eliezer, won't inherit you. Ki im asher Only the one who comes out of your loins, who yirashecha, he will inherit you. Ask the Shlach Kadosh. Well, Avram Avinu thought Eliezer would be his inheritor? He's not related to Eliezer. Right? Hashem says, No, ki lo Eliezer's not going to inherit you. Who? Yitzchak. Someone else. Says the Shlach, why did Avraham think Eliezer would be his uh, inheritor? You know why? Because the, the most important quality in being the continuity of Klai Yisrael is? Eved. To be an Eved. So Avraham Avinu Taka thought, Eliezer is the next in line. He's a good Eved. So Hashem says, Lo yirash says the Shlach. Not this Eved, but an Eved that will come out of you. And that's Yitzchak. But Avraham Avinu really thought it would be Eliezer. Now listen to this. Eretz Yisrael. What is it called in Tanakh? 
Canaan. Can you imagine such a thing? Or a bizayan? We were living in the land of Eretz Yisrael. It's mostly Jews, and we're calling it Eretz Canaan. Canaan is long gone. But what are you calling it Canaan for? Right? Do we call it the United States of the Native uh, Indians? Right? Is that what we call our country? <laughs> the United, uh, the the Sur- the Indians, the United Country of Indians. Right? Why don't we call? The answer is they're not here anymore. So now that we're here, we call it the United States of America. So what are we what are we talking about Canaan? This is a Jewish country. Why do we call it Eretz Canaan? You know why? What is Canaan? Ever Canaan. Canaan represents Avdos. The definition, listen to this, of Eretz Yisrael is it's a land of Avdos. And when we are not Avadim in Eretz Yisrael, then, uh, then we have to be Avadim to someone else and we don't have control over the land anymore. The definition, says the Shla, of Eretz Yisrael is it's Eretz Canaan. It's a land of service. It's a land of Avdos. It's a land of Avdos. Canaan means hachna, submissiveness. So let's take a look at the Shlach number nine. This is the Shlach Kodesh in Parshas Lachlacha. He says the following, B'Shivim Nefesh Yordu Abbasinu Mitzrayim. Klal Yisrael went down to Mitzrayim with 70 souls. V'Nistachachushan, we were purified there. V'Avadim Hayubim Mitzrayim, we were servants in Mitzrayim. U'Lekacham HaKadosh Baruch Hu Me'Avdus Mitzrayim. God took us out of the servitude of Mitzrayim. Li'Oisla Yisparach La'Avadim, to be the slaves of God. K'may Shanemar, Ki'Avodai Heim. In other words, the purpose of Mitzrayim was for us to gain the mindset that we are slaves to God. And God transitioned us from Mitzrayim to His servitude. Okay? What is the meaning of this? God wanted to implant in their hearts the concept of slavery. To get us accustomed to slavery. So it should be easy afterwards. To serve Hashem. This is what God is alluding to us. Eliezer won't inherit you. Avraham was afraid that his slave Eliezer would inherit him. It's not this slave. It's not this slave. Um, that's why Klai saw as Yisrael Avdiata. Right? Yeah. It was a long time to give, to teach a lesson. So many hundreds of years. Yeah, it was a long time. Look. Why, why so many years to teach him how to be a because that's the most difficult thing for a person to give up his own oh, desires, his own ritzaynas, his own. In other words, for a person to be able to understand that he is not the boss, he is not in control, he is mevatel his ratzon to a, a higher being. That is the most difficult lesson to learn in life. And b'chal, we learned that even though they were in Egypt 400 years, they were only really in servitude for 86 years from the time of the birth of Miriam until they left Mitzrayim. So the actual slavery was only 86 years. What? 86 years. Yeah, that's all it was. That's all it was. So that's why, and the Shlag goes on to say, that's why the name Eretz Canaan lasted for so many years. It's very powerful. He says, look four lines from the end. That is the only, right? You want Eretz Yisrael to be in the hands of the Jewish people? So the Shlag tells you how. Shania Avdei Hashem. 
to have a Jewish country without observance of the mitzvahs, it's impossible. By definition, not just practically, by definition, you can't have Eretz Yisrael if it's not Eretz Canaan. If the people there are not Avdei Hashem, then it's not Eretz Yisrael. He says, When we throw off the yoke, Then we are slaves to other people. So if we were to ask, if we were to ask, what was the purpose of being in Mitzrayim? To learn how to be an Eved. So let me ask you a question. I believe that when Hashem gave 613 mitzvahs to Klai Yisrael, so we asked the Kasha, right? Rosh asked, well, when a guy speaks Lashon Har, we don't pierce his ear. When a guy eats treif, we don't pierce his ear. You know why we don't pierce his ear? Because maybe he was listening. He forgot about one mitzvah. He forgot about this specific detail. He forgot about that. We're not going around piercing ears for every time a person is lax in a mitzvah. Otherwise, you know, you'd look like who knows what. You'd have to, you know, move to a certain neighborhood <laughs> if every time, you know, you didn't have ear, we had to pierce your ear. But if you have a guy who maintains a Jewish slave, and the slave says what? I'm not an evet to God. I'm an evet to another man. So one second. This guy obviously missed the boat at Har Sinai because the concept of Kili B'nei Yisrael Avadim, it's not the Pshat. Hashem said those five words, Kili B'nei Yisrael Avadim. If you were standing on Har Sinai, when Hashem said 613 mitzvahs, what was the overwhelming message that you got at that momentous occasion? Kili B'nei Yisrael Avadim, right? If you're standing there and God is coming down on Har Sinai and your souls depart every time you hear the word of God and Hashem says, I just took you out of Mitzrayim. I trained you for 400 years how to be my servant. And you know how you be my servant? You put on tefillin, you put on talis, you put on, right? You're honest in business, you're, you're only treif, all those things. The guy who becomes a slave to someone else, he missed the whole boat. It's not that he missed one word. Okay, we miss one word. Everyone falls asleep during a shear, right? Everybody does. I would also fall asleep if I was, right? But if a guy misses the whole thing, what is he missing? He's missing tefillin? No. He's missing, he's missing, he leaving a son. He missed the whole shear. He missed everything. So I believe that's why if somebody allows himself to be a slave to someone else, you know why we pierce his ear? Because he missed the entire momentous occasion of Hasinei, where the overwhelming message was, Ki Liban And, I think I believe further, we had a kasha, Hashem didn't say the words, Ki Liban when He jumped over the Jewish houses. Right? That's a good kasha, right? He said it on Hasinei. So let's go to, um, we say in davening every day, by the way, I just want to point out an amazing thing, right? We learned, that Mitzrayim was merely transitioning us from being Avadim to becoming Avdei Hashem. You know, there are two mitzvahs that we have in the Torah that if you don't fulfill these two mitzvahs, you're Chayiv Kares. Korban Pesach. Korban Pesach. And what else? Only one. And Bris Milah. Right? Every other, right, if a person eats Chametz on Pesach or on Yom Kippur, right, you're Chayiv Kares. But if a person doesn't put on tefillin, there's no punishment in this world. If a person doesn't wear tzitzit, there's no punishment. There are only two mitzvahs that say that a person is punished for not fulfilling. What are they? Karben Pesach and Bris Milah. Why? Why only those two mitzvahs? So the Menei Yisachar says an amazing thing. You know what he says? We know if an Eved, if you own an Eved Kanani, right? Or let's say like this. 
you want to buy an Evakanani from, uh, from someone, right? So what does the Evakanani have to do? He has to go to the mikvah. He goes to the mikvah, and you're taival him in the mikvah that he should become your Evakanani. Yeah? What if, how does an Evakanani go free from being an Evakanani? If he goes into the mikvah with the, with the mindset that he's being taival to become a free man. So the question is, yeah, but if you're buying an Evakanani and you're being taival him to become an Eved, but maybe the Evakanani will say to himself, well, once I'm going to the mikvah, I might as well go into the mikvah to go free. So how does anybody ever acquire an Evakanani? So the Gemara says in Gitin, the owner who's purchasing the Evakanani, as the Evakanani is going and dunking in the mikvah, you have to put your hands on him and exert authority of, over him while he's in the mikvah so that he's toivel to be an Eved and not toivel to go free. In other words, you have to exert your authority and mastership over him while he's in the mikvah. Otherwise, while he's dunking, he'll say, I might as well dunk to go free. Why should I dunk to become an Eved? So says the Bnei Saskar, Klal Yisrael is leaving Mitzrayim. They were just Avadim for 400 years. Now they're being ushered in. They're being transitioned into becoming Avde Hashem. They're going into the Yam and they're switching jobs. They're going, they used to be Avde Paroi. Now they're becoming Avde Hashem. So why can't Klal Yisrael say, while I'm leaving already, I'll leave to be a free man. You know, while I'm leaving Paroi, so I'll, let me just leave and go free. Why should I leave and become Eved Hashem? So while Kala Yisrael are leaving, God has to exert His authority over us to show that when we're going free from Paroi, we're going free to become Avdei Hashem. And that night that we left Mitzrayim, God gave us two mitzvahs with which He exerts His authority over us. What are they? Brismila and uh, Chametz. And Karm Pesach. Karm Pesach. Thank you. And Karm Pesach. Why? Because without those two mitzvahs, we could say, once we're going free, we might as well go, go scat-free. <laughs> nice. so, ha- so therefore, what are the two mitzvahs that are holding us down to ensure that we've transitioned into being Avdei Hashem? Karim Pesach and Mila. So without those two mitzvahs, we don't even have to be Jewish. So that's why the punishment for these two mitzvahs is so severe, because those are the linchpin of all the whole Torah mitzvahs. That's how the Bnei Saskar understands it. Yeah. Let's focus on the master. Yeah. He's helping him do an avera. Yeah. The master. Why doesn't he simply refuse and tell him? Because he's because he likes because his floors are very clean. He likes the way the guy cleans his floors. I mean, he he doesn't care. He's he's uh, doing an avera, right? Amazing. That's why the whole point of Gullus, In other words, listen very carefully. The Navi Yermia says, "Why were we cast into Gullus? Because the masters were not freeing their avadim." Which means they don't understand that the purpose of Judaism is that we are servants of God. Why did God put us in Mitzrayim? To learn how to be a servant. Why did He take us out of Mitzrayim? So that we should be His servants. But if this master thinks that this guy doesn't need to be a servant to God, then obviously they didn't learn the lesson from Mitzrayim. We have to go back into Mitzrayim. That's why the whole point, the whole reason for Gullus is if you don't free your slaves. Because the whole point of Mitzrayim is you need 400 years, right? Yes, you need 400 years. How long does it take to learn the lesson? Well, this guy apparently, he wasn't there long enough because he's not freeing his slave. He's not getting the message that the point of being in Mitzrayim was to learn how to be a slave to God because he wants this guy to be a slave to him. So now we have to go back into Gullus. We, we need more time in this uh, 
Right, this military school. That's the point of Gullis. Why has this one been 2,000 years? It's a really long school. Right? Now, listen to this. Very interesting. What is Somech? His hands on the... Yeah, that while the Eved's in the mikvah, the Adon pushes his head down to show, to, to show his mastery Abdus. over the Eved. That so, he's being toivel l'shem avdos. She's only toivel l'shem avdos. And then he can't go free. But if the master doesn't put his hands over him, the Eved can say, I'm jumping in the mikvah, and then that's it. I'm off. I'm off. Now, one last thing we have to answer. Now, we could understand now why the very first mitzvah that God gives the Jewish people after Kabbalah Satira is free your slaves. In other words, you have to understand what's the point of the Torah. The point of the Torah is Kili B'nei Yisrael Avadim. You're my slaves. The, for the introductory mitzvah is Shiluach Avadim. The first thing a Jew has to know is we are God's servants. We are His slaves. We don't do tar mitzvahs when they're convenient, when we're able to, when it works out for us. The first thing is avdos. That's the first thing. That's the first mitzvah in the Torah. Now, very interesting. Let's go back and try to answer the question. But yes, God didn't say the words when He jumped over the Jewish house. When did He say that? Harsinai. We say in davening every morning, right? Who says these words, right? Goimel chasadim toivim Right? Sound familiar? Yeah. We said this in Shmonas. First bracha Shmonas. Goimel chasadim toivim b'kaineaka. What do those words mean? Goimel chasadim toivim. God does many kindness to us, right? The heart's working, the lungs are working, the digestive system's working, the circulation is working, every step, billions of cells in the body, each cell is mamish, dependent on chesed of Hashem. God is doing chesed at every moment to every cell in the body. Goimel chasadim toivim. What does it mean, v'kayne hakayl? He bought everything? God bought everything? Who did he, who did he buy it from? What, he, what did he use? Credit card? American Express? <laughs> Platinum? <laughs> With extra miles? Sign a month? This is the most important word in the Shmonais. What does it mean, kayne hakayl, right? It's like this. When someone does, let's say someone comes to you every day and he brings you a piece of bread. So, you don't, I have enough bread, I don't need your bread, I'm going to throw in the guard. But what if you don't have any bread? And you don't have any food? And every day he comes to give you a meal. You owe him a debt of gratitude. Right? So the next time he says, you know, imagine a guy, he has no food to eat and someone brings him three meals a day. So the next time the guy comes to you and says, could you do me a favor? Could you, uh, could you, Watch my car for one minute. You're going to do it. You know, you owe him one. And what if the guy gives you food and a house and a family and everything you have? And he comes to you and he says, you know, do me a favor. Watch my car for 30 seconds, you know, while I have run into the store. You're going to do it. What if someone showers you with so much chesed that it's so impossible to pay him back? Well, what are you going to do? The answer is, whatever he asks you to do, you're going to do because you're so overloaded with gratitude that you're just indebted to that person. So that's what it means in davening. Goimel chasadim daivim. God does, does so much chesed to all creations. He thereby acquires everyone. What does that mean he acquires them? We are indentured to him. We are indebted to him. We are like his avadim. But how? 
You know, he didn't buy, he didn't, you know, physically take us out of Africa and make us his slaves. No. But when someone showers you with so much chesed, where the only thing you could say is, Ma ashiv lashem, Ma ashiv, or sing it, then the only attitude is, the koine hakal. That's what Rav Miller writes. Right? I put it in the original language that's written. <laughs> right? Ma'ashim. Included in, he possesses everything, is the acquisition of ownership by default or, the, or inability to pay. In other words, what happens if you owe the government so much money so they put, they put a hold on your account? Shkoyach. But now, now what? So now, now they own your house. They, they, own, they own everything by default. They own everything. So when you owe someone so much money, you become owned by them. Ah. So says Rav Miller, that's what we say on uh, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, He acquires us on the Day of Judgment. Because since we don't deserve a good judgment, and He's giving us a good judgment in just complete compassion, He acquires us. Or like it says, Eved loiveh, when someone lends someone money, the borrower becomes a slave to the lender. Because, what do you mean a slave? He's not working? Yeah, but you're so indebted that whatever that person does, ah. So Rav Miller writes, for every benefit which a man receives, he becomes more obl- obligated to the benefactor, to whom he cannot repay. And he is continuously being more and more mortgaged and humbled, for as the benefits continue, the obligation increases. No one can be exempt from such obligation. Hashem bestows good kindness... And thereby, Vikaine Hakal, he acquires everything. Rav Schwab says a beautiful thing. Remember, Rabbi Oban once said this piece over from Rav Schwab. It says in the end of Miketz, um, um, remember there was famine in the land of Egypt? Remember there was famine? And people had nothing to eat. So first they came with their money and they bought food from Yosef. And what, did, what happened? The money was used up. There was no more money left. So what they come and they, what, what the they land. do? They give I give you my, uh, my cattle, my sheep, right? And they gave, them all, gave Yosef all their animals and Yosef gave food. What happened after that? The animals and the sheep were used up. And what did Yosef say? Give us your land. And then when the money was used up and the sheep were used up and the land was used up, the people said, we now become your avadim. Communism. Right? So Rav Schwab asks, what, why do I need to know Yosef's economic plan for the, for the land of Egypt? I mean, who cares? Well, what is it teaching you? That, that if you give somebody merchandise and they can't pay you, so first you should take their money and then you should take their chickens and then you should take their land? I mean, we don't need the Torah to tell me that. And then, says Rav Schwab, the Torah is teaching you a tremendous lesson. What should a person's reaction be when they get so much benefit and they can't pay with money? And they can't pay with merchandise. And they can't pay with real estate. The reaction has to be, I'm all yours. I'm your Eved. The Torah is teaching you that when God showers us with so, many, so much hatava, and we can't pay Him back with money, and we can't pay Him back with merchandise, the only reaction should be, we are your Avadim Hashem. So therefore I believe that when God was in Mitzrayim, and you know, there was Egyptian, Jew, Egyptian, Jew. And God jumped over the Jewish house and he killed this myth, and he killed that and he killed this mitzvah. Did God say a one word? I believe he didn't say one word. Doesn't say it in Bay, doesn't say it in any word, doesn't say in any chazal that Hashem said one word. 
But if you're sitting there lying in your house and everyone around you is dropping dead like flies and you're the only one who's alive, what message do you hear from that chasad? You are my slaves. I, but Hashem didn't say those words. Oh, yes, He did. He said it loud and clear. You weren't listening. Because if Hashem selects a person with special chesed, the message is you have to repay with special avayda. That's a cloud. The Chavos tells us many, many places that the more chesed Hashem does for a person, the more he's obligated to repay Hashem in avoda. For instance, people make a mistake. They think, why do Kohanim get the 24 gifts in the Beis HaMikdash? Well, because they do the avod and the Beis HaMikdash, they're rewarded with 24 gifts. Says the Chavos Just the opposite. Why do Kohanim have to work in the Beis HaMikdash? Because since they get the 24 gifts, they have to show Hakaras HaToiv with more avodah. Just the opposite. No, why does Hashem... Why do Klai Yisrael have more mitzvahs than other nations? It's not the pshat. We do more mitzvahs, so Hashem rewards us? No. Because Hashem promised us Eretz Yisrael, and the Beis HaMikdash, and Olam Haba, so therefore we have to do more avodah. It's not we do more avodah and then Hashem rewards us. It's Hashem rewards us, and therefore we're obligated. So Rabbi I believe that what the Gemara is saying is that this gentleman, when he's sitting in the land of Mitzrayim, and he sees God jumping over his house, even though God didn't say or enunciate one word, but the message of that is that if you're selected with special kindness, Hashem's message is Kili B'nai Yisrael Avadim. You know, and uh, the way I see it is that, you know, in Parshas Noyach, Parshas Noyach, it says that the generation that built the Tower of Babel, it says Hashem came down to see Eshoyer Migdal Asher Banu B'nai Adam. God came down to see the tower and the city that the Bnei Adam built. So the Gemara asks, of course they're Bnei Adam. What, they're Bnei Chamoyer and Bnei Gamalim? <laughs> Obviously their parents, their parents are Adam. So says the Gemara, and the Rashi brings it down, they were, the, they were like Adam HaRishon, who was Kafwe Taiva. Why? Because these guys, they should realize Hashem selected them to save them from the Mabal. Right? Think about it. The generation of Midnah Bavel, they were the descendants of those select people who God saved from the Mabal. They were the descendants of Noyach. And they didn't pay attention to the fact that God selected them to be the survivors. Right? Because after all, the generation of the, of the Migdal Babel were what? The descendants of the survivors of the Mabal. And therefore God said, ah, oh, that's a chutzpah. These people are not thinking about the fact that I selected them for special kindness and they're building the, the Migdal Babel. So think about it. Why are these people building the Migdal Babel? They want to climb up the, the tower and attack Hashem. It's like Avodazar, right? They know God, they want to attack Him. So think about it. What are we criticizing them for? We're not, God is not saying, What Rishayim? They want to destroy God Himself. No, God doesn't say that. The fact that they want to do the biggest Avera, that's not what God is focused on. What He's focused on is they're being kafli taiva because I selected them to be survivors and they're not being gra- they're not having gratitude for that chesed can you imagine imagine if you know that would be like Lahavdel God um, turning to uh, Titus who murdered 
millions of people, and God said, hmm, what should I criticize him for? Should I kill him? Criticize him for destroying Klaiso? Or should I criticize him? He didn't have gratitude to me because I made him the emperor. Hashem, the eyes of God, being selected for special kindness, not responding in the proper way to that is even more of an infraction than any other Avera. Why? Because that's the basis of the whole Torah. The basis of the whole Torah is understand I selected you. So you know, we basically live in the same type of generation where, if you think about it, you know, how many Jews there were 2,000 years ago, how many Jews should there be today? Billions. There should be, you know, 10 billion Jews. And because of, you know, pogroms and uh, inquisition and, um, and Holocaust, there are only, uh, what, 12 million 60. Jews, right? However million Jews... The interesting statistic is that when, when, when by the Shabbat Shemi, there were, there were less than 800,000 Chinese. Yeah. And in, in the years... We should, be, we should be the we greatest should be, na- we nation. We should be 5, 10 billion. And we're, look how small we are. So think about it. God selected us. Any Jew today who's still around as a Yid, that means of the billions and billions and billions of Jews that should be here, God selected us. He was like hand-picked. Mom is not one, not Batal Bashish, not one out of 60, one out of 100 million. Every Jew that's alive. And Hashem selected. So really in this generation, if you think about it, our allegiance and loyalty and obligation to serve Hashem should be more than any other generation. Yep. Because Hashem, we're the, the Sheiris HaPleita, who Hashem hand-selected and hand-picked. We're like what Hashem says, we're the Bnei Adam. We've been selected. And it puts a special obligation. When we say the Shema Ne'eseh, we say, Goimel Chasadim Toivim, we have to realize that when Hashem selects someone for special chesed, the message is, Ki Li Bnei Yisrael Avadim, Rabbi Yisrael, wonderful Shabbos.